everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Input 2. I am your host, Tanner Kinney. Welcome back to another great season of the show that I do very occasionally. Uh, and with me today, I have two lovely guests, two very lovely returning guests, although I don't think your episode ever got posted, Mason, but that's fine. Oh. So why don't we introduce ourselves? What's crack a lackin', Ball State Gamers? I am Catherine Simone, professional gamer girl. Alright, I'm Mason Kubiainen, and I'm not a gamer. <laughs> what are you doing on my movie podcast? Though? Get out. We're clearly I mean, talking I about I play games, games, but like, I'm not like... Also, I didn't know that's how you pronounce your, na- your last name. I have yeah, been no pronouncing it wrong this whole time. It's uh, all good. Kupiainen. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, uh, pronouncing things wrong is one of the things we do on Input 2, but another thing we do less frequently is talk about movies. So, today... We're going to be celebrating a movie coming out soon uh, in less than a week. I already ordered my tickets literally today with uh, our good friends uh, Blake, TT, and Kyle. We're going to be seeing Sonic the Hedgehog, the Valentine's Day extraordinaire movie. Uh, Kyle and TT, that's their date movie. Uh, Blake and Elizabeth, that's their date movie. And Sonic and I are together. So yes. <laughs> uh, Saving yourself for Sonic. I respect that. <laughs> Sonic is my date. Uh, so... Before we get into that, what I want to talk about today is we're going to talk about video game movies. Because video game movies are pretty infamous uh, mm-hmm. overall. And it's a very interesting topic and one that I think that there's a lot to discuss with. Uh, Sonic itself is either going to be the best movie or the worst movie ever created. And uh, let me tell you, the worst uh, movie created, especially for video games, is a lot of competition. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. So you got some legends, let me tell you. Yeah. Some amazing movies, including fan films. Uh, you know, but I didn't <laughs> include fan films on here because that's cheating. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, we don't <laughs> count the Sonic fan film. <laughs> I was thinking of the Mega Man fan film that was hosted on Screw Attack that I watched. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is impressive. I don't, for like the low budget it was, I was very impressed with it. It was terrible. <laughs> But uh, I was still impressed when I was twelve. It was it was a long time ago. I'm a boomer. Yeah, I'm a cringe boomer. So <clears throat> let's get into the discussion of today, where I'd like to talk about some more recent video game movies, along with uh, wh- what is considered patient zero for this awful trend. And I want to ta- I want to discuss what works with them, what doesn't work. And then how would you go about constructing the perfect video game movie? The best possible adaptation, unironically. Because uh, there are a lot of ways you can do it ironically. Uh, I want to yeah. genuinely like put our heads together and see if we can figure out what's the winning formula for this. Yeah. So I'm going to start with a basic question for the two of you. What makes a video game different from a movie? I mean, obviously, with a video game, it's a more interactive medium, whereas, like, a movie is more passive. Like, you're, you're going to be sitting around watching a movie, whereas with a video game, you're kind of exploring the world, getting deep into the depths of basically interacting with, with the story more often. Yeah, you, you're in the driver's seat in a video game, whereas uh, in a movie, you're just a passive observer. Yeah. Even if technically, like, the decisions are already, the plan is already laid out for you, you're still the one making those decisions, which is used in a lot of video game narratives. One in particular that comes to mind immediately is Spec Ops The Line. Yeah. And how it uses the framework of a modern military shooter and then 
makes you feel the weight of war crimes uh, that you commit <laughs> yes. when you're the one pulling the trigger. It's a very a very mind-blowing sort of narrative experience, even if the game's sort of mediocre. Yeah. Uh, Mason, what makes a movie different from a video game? Uh, I think it's just simple. I mean, the movie, you're, you're there for the story, and then the game, you're just there to blow things up and have fun. Um, That's an opinion. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, you're not there to play a game for the story. You're just there to have, like, the gameplay. That that is, I'd say that's fair for some games. Yeah. I would argue, except as, for like Telltale. Yeah, that's like I, the only one I, I can mean, think of. Yeah. As as a as a games like game studies is the thing that I'm really passionate about, uh, and it's what I love to do in my free time. I've I, I I've written a lot of video essay scripts that have been scrapped, uh, because there are a lot of things that I think about with games, and I think that games have a very interesting way of telling narratives. Yeah, <laughs> and when you try to adapt it, there are some things that get lost. So. When adapting across mediums, what elements of a game should be adapted, and what elements should be dropped? I mean, this is kind of a hard one to answer, just because, like, in general, it's kind of hard to translate a video game into a movie. Absolutely. Because, like, games are more, like, long-form narrative, like, at, like a lot of... Like, it just depends on, like, the game, yeah, like, the game really, you're playing. Yeah, I guess that's... Like, you're not going to be able to adapt 100 hours of, like, Persona 4 into, like, a two-hour movie. Yeah, that that's that's one of those complications. Or uh, any JRPG, yeah. it, it's a real struggle to adapt that narrative. But then you have something like Super Mario Brothers, where you have... Basically no narrative you, to base it off you of. Have, you have some characters... Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, it's like screw it, just come up with something. I don't know. Yeah, it, it just go crazy. Mason, what do you what do you think? Um, as not as a non gamer. I mean I play games, I'm just not like a hardcore gamer, I'm more into movies, but I think that uh if you're trying to adapt a game, I don't I think you're gonna have to like make like a ton of changes. Like I don't think you should like stick to the actual, like the actual story. Um I kinda think of like like the Lego movie where like they just kinda like constructed like a story out of like nothing. Yeah, they and built so I, they built a story out of Legos, if yeah, you will. Yeah, yeah. But I think like if you're taking like a game like Super Mario Brothers, you just take the characters in the world and you just construct your own story and something that fits with that. Yeah, because oftentimes a uh, trap that video game movies fall into, which we'll talk about, uh, is that they'll try too hard to stick with canon, and then because it's not a video game, they can't get everything across properly, and then. It just becomes a disaster. Oh, just an absolute disaster piece. But yeah, I think that those are some definitely things that you want to think about when adapting uh, across across mediums. Because video games are hard yeah. to like adapt into. Books, I would say big games to books is a little less hard just because with a book you have like a very you have infinite space. Yeah. Uh Potentially, in terms of how you adapt it, manga as well. Yeah. And games work pretty well together. But movies and games, for some reason, just something is lost in translation. And is it Hollywood's fault? Yes. But there are other things that get lost in translation there, at least when I see it. So, do either of you have anything to say before we move on into our first patient here? Uh, no. The sickness. Let's get down with the sickness then. <laughs> Ooh, wah! Ooh, wah! I'm uh, sorry for that. The, I am so sorry. I don't know who's editing this, but I am not sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so let's go with uh, Patient Zero, Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, baby, this, Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> yeah, this is the first really high-profile uh, game-to-movie adaptation, uh, in the West at least. It is 
1993 comedy film, and I put this in quotes here, loosely based on the games of the same name. Uh, If you've never seen the film, it takes a lot of inspiration from uh, Japanese and American fairy tales, along with using the characters from Super Mario World and Super Mario Land with Princess Daisy for some reason. But uh, this is actually very similar to how they do the Super Show, actually, where the Super Show uses a lot of, like, Arthurian lore for some reason, and then they go to the Wild West. Yes, and then, like, (laughs) Captain Lou Albano is there for some reason. (laughs) Captain Lou tells you that if you do drugs, you go to hell before you die. Yeah. (laughs) What a legend, right? We We stand. Yeah, but there's a lot of interesting things about the production of Super Mario Brothers. That could be, like, a whole episode in on its own. We're just going to take as much as we can from it here. Uh, the screenwriter wanted to take a Ghostbusters-esque tone with the original Super Mario Brothers movie, uh, i.e. weird and dark but funny, <laughs> okay. uh, which, yeah. hey, I I could see that. I could see that because, I mean, yeah, that's, it, that's something you can do with it. Uh, canonically, it is a prequel to the games, in terms of the lore. Uh, this is not canon, though. Uh, it has been officially <laughs> ejected from canon. As Red. in, shot out of a canon. Uh, and fun fact, Danny DeVito was offered both the leading role and the director's chair for the Super Mario Brothers What movie. a missed opportunity. The only thing that could have salvaged this mess. I That could have saved it. Yeah. I don't know. Bob Hoskins did his best. He did. Bob Hoskins did his best. Rest <laughs> in peace. No, uh, so if it's one thing we know about Super Mario Brothers, it was critically panned and commercially flopped. Yeah. Uh, although, apparently, it was, com- it was, well, it was complimented by critics for its visual effects, and it was all apparently nearly nominated in- for an Oscar. Cowards. For visual effects. It got beat out because it's it was a Disney production and they had two Disney productions on the running. This and Nightmare Before Christmas. So oh, unsurprisingly. <laughs> what a bunch of cowards. That's what I'm saying. A bunch of fakers. <laughs> Absolute. They don't know true Kino if they, it was right in front of their face. <laughs> this is Kino. Absolutely. Uh, here's some fun things about this movie's development. Uh, Bob, Bob Hoskins, who played Mario Mario, uh, frequently answered the question of what was your worst mistake in interviews with Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> in an interview with The Guardian, they asked him three very similar questions that was like, what is your biggest mistake? If you could go back in time, what would you not? What project would you not take? Uh, what is your greatest regret? All three of them were Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> he really did not like this yeah. movie. Uh, John Leguizamo, Luigi Mario, uh, he was a lot more proud of the movie. Uh, he actually was on the 20th uh, DVD special. Uh, he gave he gave a thank you to people who were fans of the movie. Yes. And he believed it was something groundbreaking and new, along with the uh, original person who pitched it uh, to Nintendo of America at the time. They're, both of them are very proud of this. It's something groundbreaking and new, although yeah. groundbreaking is... Yeah, that's it, a word. It, 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 <laughs> I don't know if it applies to Super but, Mario. But hey, we we appreciate someone who's proud of their work. I agree, even if it's terrible. Yes, and honestly, Super Mario Brothers isn't as bad as everyone says, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, but I'm also a sucker. Yeah. Uh, Dennis Hopper, who played Bowser, uh, loathed the directors and their overbearing <laughs> control of the project, and he also hated the long production time for it. And uh, Miyamoto, Shigeru Miyamoto, is quoted about the movie to have said. Uh, now, 
this is just a quote from, it is a longer quote, and Miyamoto does actually say that he does see a lot of value. It's a fun, he said it was a fun project, and they did a lot of cool things. But he said this, It became a movie that was about a video game, rather than being an entertaining movie in and of itself. And it yeah. basically it's just kind of achieved cult meme status. Yeah. And not much else. <laughs> so, have either of you seen Super Mario Brothers? I have a while back. It yeah. was like out of curiosity. It's like, oh, what is this Mario movie? Everyone says it's really bad, but I don't know. I want to watch it because I like bad movies. And is that was, Becky's sister? Uh, <laughs> is, is, yes. is that Lord? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, no. I, I have also only watched it a while back. Uh, I rented it off of Netflix when Netflix was still DVD only. Yeah. Uh, I got it from Blockbuster. You got it from Blockbuster? Oh, yeah, a long time ago. going back in time. Maybe. True boomer here. <laughs> That's a bo- real boomer hours right now. <laughs> Shout out to Boomer Gang. Uh, did, so what did Super Mario Brothers do wrong? Everything. <laughs> okay. It did a lot of things wrong. Uh, But here's to figure out what it did wrong, because that's a a hard question to ask. uh, Here's a tougher question. What did it do right in adaptation? Uh, Let's see. I think Mario and Luigi actually look kind of good. Like in the movie, like I think like their costumes oh, yeah. the were visual, pretty good. Yeah, the visual effects, the critics yeah. were correct about visual effects. Although, yeah. Yeah. like the Goombas look weird. Yeah, but... because they like try to make like a make like regular human proportions, but with the Goomba head. Yeah, it um did not work, yeah. and the, and Yoshi was a little ugly. Yeah. But other other than that, like the world of that they the, like the the fake city that they created in the other dimension actually looks really cool. Although it's very uh, very Blade Runner esque. In terms of uh, how it looks, it's the idea so, of Blade Runner asking a Mario movie is just like I'm just saying, like it it, it definitely took some key, uh, inspiration from uh, from Blade Runner, in my opinion. Yeah, perhaps. Although I guess I don't know what Blade Runner was the 80s, right? Uh, yeah, 1982. Okay. Thank yeah. you, Mason. That's yeah. I I figured that. Uh, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't saying something horribly wrong. Uh, no, uh, I would say that I agree. Things looked really well, and yeah. things looked very accurate, aside from Goombas. Uh, <laughs> and Bowser looked a little weird, but Dennis Hopper did his best. A lot yeah. of people did their best with this movie. Yeah. That's probably the best thing I could say about it, is that they... <laughs> the acting, they were they were giving it their all in there. Wasn't Mario high during the movie? Uh, or, like, drunk? Probably at some point. I'm pretty sure uh, I, I heard a story that the actor was like mostly drunk on set. It, I mean, Bob, you heard what Bob Hoskins said. Yeah, he yeah. hated every so, second of this movie. I mean, like, in, I'm not sure. He if I was in best. his position, I think I would probably be driven to drink too. And he put in a real, actually a good performance. He he was pretty accurate, Mario. Yeah, at least in terms of like the super so the shoot the super show version of Mario. Yeah, uh, maybe less the games, but keep in mind that at this point there have been. Like five Super Mario games in the West. One, two, which was not a real Mario game. As <laughs> Doki as we Doki know. Panic <laughs> Doki, Baby. Doki Doki Literature Club. <laughs> uh, three, World, and Land. That's all they had for lore. Yes. Uh, and let me tell you, those games do not have a lot of lore. Yeah. <laughs> so they were stuck in a tough spot for how to go about adapting it. So I guess here's a question. How would you have uh, gone about, with only those five games, creating a Super Mario Brothers movie? 
Because Illumination's going to take another crack at it. Yeah. Which is a smart idea. Yeah. I think what I would probably do with it is just kind of like do like a little like off, off more kind of more like the Super Show where it's just kind of like, oh, Mario, Luigi, Peach, and Toad going on their own little adventures and like just kind of up the stakes a little bit mm. to fit with the movie. Yeah. Because the Super Show is actually really popular. The Super Show is incredibly yeah. successful. Although, I guess I don't know when the Super Show came out. Uh, definitely before. Yeah. Uh, de- like 80s. Yeah. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Mason, uh, other anything else that you wanted to add to that, Catherine? Before, um, I mean, like, yeah, that's pretty much all I would do. Just super show the movie, I guess. Yeah, super show the movie. I think would have been better uh, <laughs> than what we got. So, would it be animated or live action? Would you commit to live uh, action? Like half and half, sort of, like, I don't know, like, just, a precursor to, like, the Smurfs, I guess. Just kind of, like, make it cur- as cursed as possible, because that's what the Super Show does best. That is pretty cursed. Super Show is pretty cursed at times. Yes. Mason, <laughs> if you went back, if you could try and fix this, what would you do? I would have just made it animated, like, why go live action? It just doesn't yeah. make sense. I mean, the biggest thing I hated about the movie was Bowser. How he wasn't a turtle; he was a human with like some weird yeah. hair. Yeah. Um. So if not, if if it had to be live action, I would have just made like more practical suits, like in like the '90s Ninja Turtles movies. Ooh. Like I would have done. Like I think like a Bowser, like wearing that. Like um, what was the um the turtle's name in like Secret of the Ooze? You're asking the wrong guy. Yeah, uh, I don't none of us know about Turtles. I, I, I okay. watched those movies. I remember nothing other than um, the Vanilla Ice song. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I, like, I, I would have gone with that. Like, go, like, more... Less CGI, but more just, like, actual, like, practical effects and try to, like, actually... I It wouldn't have been dark. I would have gone, like, more light-hearted, more, more family fun. Mm-hmm. I, I think yeah. dark is just kind of weird. Yeah, it is an interesting tone to take with yeah. Super Mario. It's funny you mentioned animated because, like, I think in the 80s they released, like, a Super Mario OVA. In yeah, the, in Japan. There in was Japan. A, there was a Super Mario OVA. But which they was, never released it in the West for whatever reason. Yeah, I think it had, like, a limited release on VHS. Yeah. But as with a lot of old anime, it's lost to the sands of time. Yes, rip in peace. R- rip in peace, the Super Mario Brothers OVA, and rip in yes. peace, Super Mario Brothers <laughs> from 1993. So that is like, when you think of bad video game movies, the first one is often the one near at the top, even though it's not even the worst. I have, There are a lot of things I actually really like about Super Mario Brothers, as compared to other movies. Now, there have been a lot of video game movies that we're just going to be skipping over, uh, we may talk brief, touch, touch on them briefly, but I want to look at some of the more recent ones because I think that's interesting. Like yeah. how they're going now that we have all these years of development with video game movies, and what do we know now that we didn't know back with Super Mario Brothers? Uh, there have been a lot of there have been some successes. Uh, Tomb Raider with uh, Angelina Jolie. Those are actually good. Yeah. yeah, I've heard those are really good. I've never actually seen them. They're really the, good. The original Mortal Kombat was actually a really good box. Yeah. Was actually a pretty big box office success, and it's not it's a bad good. movie. Yeah, I I have a lot of fond memories of the original original Mortal Kombat. Uh, some were disasters. One of them being the sequel to Mortal Kombat, uh, <laughs> Mortal Kombat Annihilation, the Street Fighter movie. Although M Bison kills it. Uh, <laughs> Resident Evil. The Resident yeah, Evil series. Yeah, the entire, all like 500 films in that franchise. <laughs> it's literally a series to keep the director's wife employed. Yes, and it's like, I don't think you've ever seen the movies because like not a single like established Resident Evil character shows up until the second movie and it was Jill Valentine. 
Does she get? Does she become a Jill sandwich? Uh, no. That's the last one. She wasn't too bad. The last one? Yeah, like as like a dumb, fun, just like stupid, ridiculous movie. It's actually not yeah. bad. Oh, one of the animated like Resident Evil movies, Resident Evil Vendetta, has like a really good fight scene. Look, look up the Chris versus Glen Arias fight because that is. Hilarious. There's just a bunch of. They're just shooting at each other in a circle, and it's the funniest thing ever. I feel like I may have seen that already, but. (laughs) Yeah. uh, And then most. The thing a lot of video game movies, a lot of them are very middling. Uh, A couple I put down Angry Birds. Oof. Oof. Which was considered one of the better ones. Uh, Send the bar real high. (laughs) And then Final Fantasy Spirits Within. Remember spirits with him? <laughs> no, I do not. Uh, I remember that the lead character, the lead female character in Spirits Within was, uh, I believe she was like the cover model for a Playboy magazine. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, for some reason. That was yeah. part of Square Enix's marketing campaign, even though the other part of their marketing campaign was look at the strong female character we've created. <laughs> uh, I respect it. Yes. Uh, but other than that, a lot of them aren't very interesting. Uh, it's just a lot of a lot of it's just a lot of trash. Video game movies aren't very good, which is why we're going to improve them yes. here on this program. Hollywood, if you're listening, we have ideas. Uh, so first, I put down Warcraft here because <laughs> Warcraft 2016, 2016, yeah, 2016. That's what yeah. I thought. Uh, 20 Warcraft 2016. This is a very massive, hev- high, it's a high-budget movie that was marketed heavily in China and made almost all and made all of its money back pretty much exclusively in China mm-hmm. and the Asian regions. Uh, it was a critical flop, and a lot of that came down to the fact that it was very much designed for fans of Warcraft. And with Warcraft, their main fo- with this movie Warcraft, their main focus was keeping the lore as accurate as possible to Warcraft 1's human versus orc story. Uh, have either of you seen Warcraft? Oh, yeah, of course. No, I have not. Oh. I, okay. I saw Warcraft back in 2016. I remember bad. nothing about it. It's not bad. Why don't you go into... Talk a little bit about Warcraft, I mean, Mason. like, it's... It's not great. I mean, they definitely kind of, like... Like, you definitely need to, like, know the lore when watching it because they, like, made so much... Like, like so much of the story, like, it, like, relies on you knowing about the world itself. Uh, I mean, but, like, the action's fun. Like, I, I remember the end fight scene where, like, they're all fighting, and that was cool. Um, I mean, the visuals, I thought, were pretty good. The yeah. orcs looked good. I mean, I, I believe, once again, the visuals were one of the very heavily complimented parts in reviews. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> very common theme there, right? Yeah. Uh... Excellent. Uh, so, Mason makes a good point with Warcraft leaned very heavily into adapting on a story that already works well in a video game format. And they, do you think that they leaned too heavily on the lore? And is that a bad thing? I think for the first movie, yes. I think because I'm pretty sure they're planning this to like be a trilogy. So I thought they were making a sequel because of how much money it made in China. And I think that if they would have like just made it more like basic movie and it's like worried about like making like going more into it later on in other sequels, I think that would have been better mm-hmm. than just like going full like heavy into the story and the realm and all that. Absolutely, Catherine. Um, I really don't have much to add because I have never seen Warcraft and I do not. 
I do not do MMOs, I guess. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, I've played World of Warcraft, and I've played uh, Warcraft 3, not Reforged. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, did a big uh, oof there. But we're not talking about video games, we're talking about movies. Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I've played World of Warcraft, so I'm kind of familiar with the lore, and even mm. then, like... I'm not a big fan of Warcraft, so, yeah. like, the movie did nothing for yeah, me. Yeah, I feel like this movie really wouldn't have done anything for me because, like, I am not familiar with this world or its characters and its lore, so it's just, like, eh. Yeah, are you a Warcraft fan, Mason? I never played uh, Warcraft before this. So, I just thought the movie looked good. Okay, so this movie did interest you, even though you had no connection to the world. I mean, because I'm a big fan of, like, high fantasy stuff like mm. more of the rings game of thrones stuff so i was looking forward to this i thought it'd be more along the lines of that yeah i mean it, it did disappoint it's more of like it's just like a fun movie to watch yeah so yeah yeah, yeah. i can see that i can see yeah. that absolutely uh and i would say if you if a warcraft if you were a warcraft fan which is none of us uh this would probably interest you although i don't know how much you'd get out of it uh i guess i'll ask again Eh. Yeah, I'll ask again. What changes could they have made to make the movie more of a success in terms of like being more interesting in a vacuum for somebody who has no connection to World of Warcraft? I Is that even possible? I'm not sure. Like I've I'm not sure because like Warcraft has like a very like specific following of people who play the play the the MMO and all mm-hmm. that kind of junk. Yeah. So I feel like if I were to try to adapt this more for a general audience that you kind of end up alienating the hardcore fans and it's kind of a, a hard balance to strike there. Yeah. Mason? Um, yeah, kind of like what you said. I think that if they would have did a better job of kind of like introducing us into the world instead of like throwing you like right into like expecting you to know like what's going on and who everyone is like yeah. what then I think they would have done like I think this would have pleased more people yeah and I think it would have been like they should have just made like an introduction movie yeah because it is such a big complex world and there's so much there I think that if they just would have made it like a very like basic plot with like humans versus orcs and just kind of kept it at that yeah or maybe I- give us someone to like go into this world with yeah because warcraft had a lot of like extra manuals and uh books and and like graphic novels that went along with it to help develop the world that the movie is definitely missing fun fact though did you know that uh there was going to be a cdi world of war a cdi warcraft game (laughs) uh oh boy i can't wait to I don't know enough about Warcraft to make a good CDI joke. It was it was a game about Thrall, who is like who's the war chief of yes. uh, the, the Horde. Yes, and <laughs> it's from literally the same studio that made the Zelda CDI game. Yes, that would have been so epic. It was never released. It would have although been you awesome. can watch some of the cutscenes online. <laughs> I have to look this up later. I, I love the Zelda CDI cutscenes so much. They aren't nearly as funny, but, like, you actually legitimately can see quality in this game. And I think that's because Blizzard, like, they Blizzard put a little bit more effort into trying to rein these crazy people in. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, just a fun fact. Yes. If, if you want to get more Warcraft lore, check out the Warcraft CDI cutscenes. They will not disappoint. Yes. Uh, moving on to a good movie. Yes. Let's stop talking about Warcraft. Let's talk... Let's talk about a movie that released last year. Oh, yeah. We're talking yes. about our good friend, 
Detective Pikachu. Yeah. Uh, based on the video game of the same name, but here it is very heavily adapted and is pretty much an entirely new story, just using the same character yeah. and the Pokemon world. Yeah. Uh, sizable budget, and it was hugely successful in the box office. It did really well as yeah. a movie. And interestingly enough, Ryan Reynolds was pretty much their only big headlining star. He was the best part of the movie. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's, I thought that was a little interesting fact there. So, Detective Pikachu. I assume both of you have seen oh, this I movie. have seen Detective Pikachu. Excellent. Uh, what, what makes Detective Pikachu such a good video game movie? Or such a good movie in general? Well, I think, like... I think Pokemon kind of lends itself very well to one-shot stories because, like, the world is so big and you have all these regions to expand upon. And Detective Pikachu is just kind of like this little offshoot side story about this cute little Pikachu who likes coffee and, and wants to solve crimes. And, like, and it's it, actually Ryan Reynolds. It's Deadpool. And <laughs> he, it's, it's just like a really cute movie, you know? Yeah, it, I would agree. I would agree. Mason? Uh, I think where this movie succeeded, where Warcraft failed, is that it's a very nice like introduction into the world. Yeah. Like, you don't kind of get thrown in. Like, you follow... Um, I was the main guy. Uh, like, who, whoever the main You're kid, at, whoever I, the main kid Justice was. Justice Smith is the actor. Yeah, I, like yeah. whoever his character's name was. Don't um, remember his name. I mean, you're like you're introduced into the world. They don't like expect you to know too much. I mean, you kind of get the like idea that okay, there's monsters. You throw balls at them and they get sucked in. Yeah. And then yeah. like they did a good job. I think you like throwing like I'm at like in like putting other stuff in the movie. Like there's like that one scene where like they go like the Fight Club or whatever it yeah. was. The po- the literal Fight yeah. Club. <laughs> And they did good stuff like that, like kind of like sprinkling in things for fans. But then they also did a good job of like whoever, like who people who haven't who don't know anything about Pokemon can go and watch it and have a good time and understand what's going on. Absolutely, yeah. yeah that's that's the that's the kind of thing that like the Pokemon like offshoot media do really well is introducing you to the it basically just introducing you to the world and not expecting you to know all of this lore because like the anime, the manga, the games, the the movie, they're all kind of their own separate things and yeah, they all have their own qualities about them that make them unique yeah i would say yeah in terms of like cross media pokemon does incredibly well yeah uh in terms of tackling all sorts of different things and the movie and detective pikachu worked really well now that i think about it that introductory scene with uh justice smith and justice smith's character uh not only is that like an introduction to who he is but it's also introduction to the mechanics of the world of pokemon it's literally a catching tutorial yeah uh, where he tries to catch a cubone yeah. Uh, and fails, <laughs> but it, it I, that's a good point to bring up. I yeah. I didn't even think about that. That it establishes itself really well, and like through the posters on the wall, not yeah. only are they like nods to fans because you see like the Johto League, yeah. the Sinnoh League, whatever, but they also establish that there's a world outside of Rhine City mm-hmm. and the small town that he's in, and then yeah. sequels can go and play into that, which I think yeah. is a nice yeah thing. Yeah. Yeah, the world building is really solid in this movie. Yeah. Uh, now let's talk about how it used its source material, which we've touched upon a little bit, specifically the Pokemon. Because Pokemon were everywhere in this movie. Yeah. They did not uh, They did not hide any Pokemon. They, they, they were very proud of their CG. And for the mm. most part, it looked good. Yeah. Uh, so how did... what? How did they go about using the Pokemon in a way that made it such a successful movie? Well, I feel like the way they use Pokemon is 
I feel like they did a good job incorporating the Pokemon into into like the world of this movie because it, it gets across the point that hey, these Pokemon are people's friends and they use them as pets and stuff, and it's just yeah. Yeah, and they also occasionally battle, like in the, yeah. the illegal under underground cave. Yeah, fights. does a good <laughs> yeah does a good job introducing like the whole mechanics of how the world works, and the Pokemon just kind of like play into that. Like you have these old little quirky creatures doing their own little thing. Yeah, and the relationship between humans and Pokemon is literally what uh, the evil business guy's plan plays into. Yeah, at the end of the movie. Uh, are you familiar with Pokemon outside of the movies, Mason? Um, I watched the TV show growing up, and I, I remember having like the cards and like some books, but like I never played the games or anything mm. like that. So how did that? How did the Pokemon in the movie work for you as somebody who's not a fan? I mean, like. I remember watching the movie, like 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 seeing different Pokemon. Like I remember, like in the Fight Club scene, where you have like the magic carp shows up and like uh, Charizard, and like those were nice seeing like those Pokemon just kind of like show up in the movie. And they didn't really kind of like force it in your face. They just kind of like had them play into the movie, and they just kind of worked them in where like fans will know, like oh hey that's Charizard or hey that's the magic carp, or then like other people would just be like oh it's a monster. Yeah, it's a it's a monster. It's a pocket <laughs> monster, yeah. as you will. Yes. Uh, in terms of narrative. What sort of focus did, Depe- Detec- did Detective Pikachu have? Like, how did it tell its story? It, it, and what kind of story did it tell? I think um, how it told the story is actually kind of clever because, like, you had, like, um, uh, what's his name? Pikachu, like, who had, like, memory loss. And so you're kind of being, like, he's kind of being introduced into the world, and so are you. <laughs> And so, and there's also, like, that mystery where, like, they actually made, like, a narrative, unlike some other. Uh, game movies where like this one like actually had like a story where, like okay you're trying to figure out what happened to this kid's dad like all this mystery stuff and then like along the way they just throw the pokemon into the story to kind of add that level of like excitement and like yeah just world building there. yeah the yeah. i think that's a good point the po- the narrative exists without the pokemon yeah the pokemon yeah. are just there as a part of the world they aren't shoehorned in they aren't forced in it feels very natural i think that's a good yeah. point to bring up Catherine, do you have anything to add um, not really. I, I think you pretty much covered everything. All right, awesome. We'll move on then to our next question. What sort of things... Now, I think we all agree that Detective Pikachu is pretty good, right? Mm. Yeah. What sort of things would you have liked to see Detective Pikachu do as, as, that it did not do? Keep Ron Reynolds as Pikachu. <laughs> not, not make Ryan Reynolds... Uh, <laughs> Ryan Reynolds is actually his dad the whole time. Because, like, if they do a sequel, like, I want to see him voice Pikachu again, because that was, like, my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, although, maybe they'll get a different person to voice Pikachu. No, like, they'll you get can't a, they'll... replace him. No. Right. Ryan yeah, Reynolds fair, just, Danny. like, put his mark in the movie, right? <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. They introduce another Danny DeVito Pikachu to be his sidekick. Yeah. Or and, Pichu. Yeah, I mean, that might as well... Because I really, quite frankly, I was very satisfied with Detective Pikachu. I don't know what else I'd add other than like yeah. more acknowledgement of like the Pokemon League outside mm-hmm. of just the posters. Yeah. Although that wouldn't have fit into the narrative. Little literally would have just been fan service uh, for me and yeah. my big dumb idiot brain. And we already gotten to discussing a sequel. What would you like to see from another movie using the same world, even the, just the same city that they're in? Well, I think if they were to do like another like offshoot like live action movie, I'd kind of want to, I kind of want them to see to to like explore like other aspects of the region, like maybe do like a Pokemon Ranger movie or something like that. Where that they, would work really well. Yeah, like have have like a Pokemon Ranger just going on saving saving the environment from mayhem. Yeah, because that's a 
you know, Pokemon doing destructive things is a yeah. big part of Detective Pikachu. Mm-hmm. Uh, like when the Pokemon go mental and they break things, you know, it shows that they are not just like passive agents. They actively can do serious damage on the world. Mm-hmm. And I think a Pokemon Ranger movie actually would be a really great idea. Yeah. Uh, out there, people acknowledge Pokemon Ranger. Please. Uh, what about you, Mason? Uh, again, it's not as a less fan of the the Pokemon series. Uh, I don't think they should do like a Detective Pikachu too. I think like where they should go now is just like build the world of Pokemon. Like I like the Fight Club scene, um, and I think that like something doing like something like that would be like really cool to see. So I think that they should just leave the characters behind that they introduced in in, in this movie and just move forward with like new characters, a new story, and just like play more with this world and like i mean kind of like we said like the rangers movie like i think like doing something like that would be much better instead of just playing with the same characters over and over and and of course they could always do a sort of you know pokemon league sort of thing like maybe there's there's a big tournament in ryan city or whatever yeah i think they made pokemon battles illegal that was a big part of the yeah they can they can do contests I mean, I was being half serious with that. I love Pokemon <laughs> contests. Yes. Unironically, in Pokemon Sapphire, I, I had a Walrein yes. that I trained up specifically to do beauty contests. We she, love. She was gorgeous. We stand. Uh, she had a mastery rank in beauty. Uh, that was like my one goal when I was ten playing Pokemon Sapphire <laughs> was to was to make Walrein the most beautiful <laughs> Walrein of all time. Yes, and she succeeded. God bless her. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So let's move on. This is a movie I saw to another movie that I saw fairly recently. Uh, I don't know if either of you have seen it because it came out on Netflix. I don't know when, but it showed up on our feed when I was watching a movie with when we were Blake and Elizabeth and I, uh, my good friends Blake and Elizabeth, were trying to figure out a movie to watch, and I saw Nino Cooney, uh, Nino Cooney, yeah, based on the games, and I was like, oh, I know that. Maybe it's good. Mistake. <laughs> That was an error, a uh, comedy of error right there. Uh, so, <laughs> Nino Kuni yeah. is a movie that canonically takes place between the two games, although it's not really a connecting force. I just kind of interpreted it as between the two games because Nino Kuni 2 is like future. Uh, Nino Kuni 1 is past, and Nino Kuni, the movie, is present day Tokyo. Yeah. Uh, this is a Netflix movie. Uh, Presumably, it just got picked up by Netflix. It was probably in Japan for a while. Yeah. Uh, the vi- the if, if visuals are occasionally not great, uh, and I wasn't able to find any general budget numbers. Japan, just Japan, just Japan. This is this is Japan movie. Uh, have either of you watched this movie? No. no. That's fair. Uh, so I will try and jump through this real quick. Uh, so we can talk about Sonic. You know, Kuni. The movie has its own story that incorporated characters, locations, and elements from the games. Uh, its narrative uses very similar themes to the games. Essentially, Nino Kuni is kind of an isekai, uh, yeah. <laughs> a dirty isekai, where uh, two two dudes, uh, one of them being in a wheelchair, get teleported to a fantasy world while yeah, in the middle of the street. They almost get run over and get teleported to a fantasy world. Uh, where they, uh, first of all, wheelchair kid can walk. <gasps> what a Ooh. twist, right? Uh, and basically, the film explores them saving a princess, and then, like, other things happen. There's a fight scene for some reason, and the pacing is bad, and it's kind <laughs> of a train wreck. But it uses very similar 
narrative themes. And in fact, uh, early on, I figured out what they were doing with the twist before like anything was even established because I had prior understanding of the world and how it works from playing the games. Uh, the first hour, I actually thought, was really good. And the first hour of the movie feels like a really good introduction to a video game. Yeah. But then it has to resolve its entire story in 50 minutes. <laughs> so you get an hour-long introduction and then a whole rest of a JRPG in 50 minutes. It is yes. as exhausting as that sounds. Yes. Uh like the Persona animes, but worse. <laughs> Ooh, I didn't. Oh, I forgot. I, I forgot. I watched Persona for the animation until just now. It's <laughs> 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 not Persona Five, the animation. I I I refuse to stomach that garbage. I don't blame you. <laughs> I'm a Persona fan. I'm a Persona stan. I'm not watching that. <laughs> uh, and stupidly, they bring back Oliver, the main character of the first game, as an old man. Oliver was in Europe as a child in Motortown. <laughs> and then he's just in Tokyo as an old man. I don't know. Because it be like reasons. that. <laughs> you know, maybe he wanted to change of pace. He wanted to go to Tokyo. Why did he, I I had so many questions. When I realized that the old man was Oliver, I was pissed. I was I was furious. <laughs> but uh here is a question that I think is relevant to just like general things is a film a good place to create a sequel prequel or midquel for a game series a la Advent Children I mean I think it kind of depends on what you're go- where you're going with it because like obviously if you're doing like a standalone story like a prequel or a sequel you're gonna have like more room to like adapt that into like the two two hour time constraint, but yeah. like at the same time, you also have to work with like the previously established lore to make sure yeah. it's not like you don't accidentally mess things up. <laughs> you're not a you're essentially a fanfic writer at that point. Yeah, and Advent Children was definitely fan fiction. Yeah, <laughs> I Advent Children's great. If you're not a Final Fantasy VII fan, there's absolutely no reason you're watching the movie. Uh, would you want to see so? What about you, Mason? As, again, non-video games person, do you think that this is a good way to do video game movies? Uh, or would you rather see just, like, a straight adaptation or something just using the world and creating its own story? I think using the world and creating their own story is the best option because I think that if you're doing, like, a straight adaptation, like, trying to base it off the, like, the story of the game, I mean, like, like we said before, you can't really go and cram, like, a whole game into, like, a two-hour narrative. You have to, like, take creative... Uh, I forgot what I was trying to say it, but like, take, yeah, yeah. Um, and like take that and like add add something different to it because you can't just like straight up adapt a game into a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's something that a lot of people need because it's very hard to do adaptation. Yeah, yeah. And you gotta yeah you use your brain. Yeah. And what is smarter than Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> from 2020 uh, from Paramount? Big brain boy. Paramount is smooth brain. <laughs> We remember that first trailer. Yes. Uh, this is literally the best movie ever made. Uh, Jim Carrey's in it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not out yet. We obviously haven't seen it. Unless one of you is a time traveler. Uh, I the guess... Sonic movie was epic. I, I, <laughs> I traveled one week into the future and saw it. 
<laughs> you use time travel just to see Sonic. Yes, I just early. ran really fast and then went into the future, just like Sonic. <laughs> you, you you got a hold of Silver. Uh, he teleported yes. you to the future with chaos control. Yeah, uh, Shadow that does chaos control, but whatever, Boomer. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. But it's Sonic 06. Oh they yeah, all, they could Thought, all use chaos control. Sonic 06 doesn't exist. Remember the ending? They they willed it out of existence. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> Imagine an adaptation of that train wreck. <laughs> I don't want to see that. Oh, actually, I kind of do. Yes. Now that I think about it. Uh, so, judging by the trailers, does Sonic the Hedgehog tap into the game's universe and characters in a good way? No. And what what ways does it do that or fail to do that? Mm. Well. First of all, like, instead of, like, basing it on, like, the Sonic world we all know and love, <laughs> they decided no, to take, like, the the whole Smurfs approach of, oh, no, Sonic's in our world now. Sonic has arrived in Iowa. <laughs> yes, just like the Sonic Bible. <laughs> Minnesota, I think, is from the Sonic Bible. Missouri. Missouri? Um, you're right. Missouri, you're right. Or was it Nebraska? I don't know. Mid- mid- Small mid- town nowhere. Midwest is the same. <laughs> All the Midwest is exactly the same place. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's, um, you have Sonic and you have Eggman. Yeah, and that's, and like that's it. it. No tails, no knuckles, no shadow. But is that a good thing? Is it, no. they're They're trimming the fat. Why is it not a good thing, Mason? I thought this idea was dead a while ago because like after we had was like masters of the universe and the smurfs and like what else there was some I, other movies too that what, did there it. was another masters of the universe movie no there was one in the 90s where i they, know there was one in the 90s was there another one or is there gonna be another that's a threat. I mean, there's another one but i'm talking about like the idea of like taking like characters out of their world and putting them into our world i into uh, sorry into our world i thought that idea was dead yeah and so it's like why are they doing this with sonic and like when you watch the trailers like in the second trailer when they have like sonic like running around his world that looks nice so yeah it's like, why don't they just keep him there why are we talking about the second trailer what about the first trailer <laughs> uh that beat the audio so bad i'm sorry <laughs> I am sorry whoever has to edit this. Uh, yeah, excellent, wonderful. So, when comparing the original trailer, I know you don't want to think about it, to the newer trailers, what things did they change in the cut? And which one would you consider more game accurate, I guess? I mean, I feel like the second one is more game accurate because, like, they played around more with, like, the humor and, like, doing, like, having Sonic be all, like, ooh, wacky chili dog man. Yes. Whereas the first movie is just, like, creepy-ass gremlin boy. <laughs> the first trailer is just screams. Yes. <laughs> it's just screaming. I kind of yes. want to know what they thought about when they made the first design. Uh, like they weren't eye- thinking. Like they those weren't. eyes and, like, the legs, like, what? Paramount... They don't think, so now that we have to exploit a bunch of hardworking animators and shut their studio down. We love capitalism. Yeah, what Paramount was doing was that Paramount had a marketing team. They had a focus group. They were like, what do kids like in animated creatures? And they had their art team, and they, they like, showed their first draft. It was, like, a scribble on a piece of paper with, like, human teeth (laughs) and, like, real grungy toes, like, (laughs) hobbit feet. And uh, (laughs) the animators at Paramount were like, like, 
Is this a joke? <laughs> Are you really asking us to animate this? We have all these different designs here, and they had and the executives from Paramount had already left. They had, they had cashed in. They were ready. Yeah. The, the, the animators were talking to no one, and <laughs> then they had to make the first trailer. And surprise, surprise, it was, it was disgusting. <laughs> So, based on what we know about game movies, do you think this one will be a success or a failure? I think it's going to be a success. Do you think it'll be a good movie, though? I, that's a different question. Because a uh, success, I mean, yeah, Sonic fans will keep their dead series alive for as long as possible. If people right? are going to say it's good, it's going to be good in like a room type of way. I don't see this being like an actual like yeah. good movie. I mean, like at most, I think it's just going to be kind of like a harmless like family movie that you kind of just like put on for the six-year-old you're babysitting to keep them occupied. And then they become a Sonic fan. And that's a fate worse than death. As a, as Trust a, me, as a Sonic fan, that is true. <laughs> Uh, recovery. Constant <laughs> disappointment. Y- your your favorite series is just constantly, you know, dying every every couple years. Sega just tries to kill you, and you keep coming back. Yes. Uh, and once in a while, they do kind of get it right, but then they they just set you up for disappointment. They just forget how to make good things. Yes. Like would, I, I guess you know, different from Capcom, where they just bury your franchise dead in the ground, even yes. though it's not actually dead. They bury your franchise alive. Rip Dead Rising. <laughs> Uh, I got a little sidetracked there talking about video games. We're talking about movies. Yes. And finally, so yeah, Catherine, do you think that Sonic will be a success or a failure in terms of being a good movie? I mean, like, financially, I think it might do okay because, like, one, you have the people seeing it ironically, and two, you have the parents taking it with their kids. But, like, as a movie, like, yeah, as I said earlier, I think it's mostly just going to be, like, a harmless, like, yeah. family movie that's, yeah. like... You're probably going to forget, like, forget about like a month from now. Yeah, I'm realizing you answered that question when I asked it again because I am all here yes. with my three maybe hours of sleep. Uh, <laughs> it, it's actually proje- um, being projected to be a pretty good success. That's, I'm I'm happy. Like, for it's some. like tracking yes. for like 47 million for the opening weekend. Now, if only they'll pay the, Now, if only they paid their animators. <laughs> Yeah. Oh no. oh no! Don't have to pay people who aren't employed. Am I right? Yeah. Oh, oh. So now we're gonna do something stupid. As if this whole podcast was not dumb already, we're gonna do something incredibly stupid. Let us put our brains together. Our three smooth, silky smooth brains, mm-hmm. and let us make a game adaptation let's make a let's put a game into a movie and i'm not talking casting although we could talk casting for a long time uh i want to talk about purely adapting a game into a movie through narrative and how you'd structure it uh so i'm sure both of you have a suggestion here and i i asked you to think about this yeah beforehand so why don't both of you go into you may give me a pitch. I'm a Hollywood executive. Pitch me your video game movie. Uh, and, you know, take some time to think about it here. We can always oh, cut ready. down. Are you ready, Mason? Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Pitch me your video game movie. I I had a lot of ideas, but this is the one I like the most. is a Super Smash Brothers cinematic universe. This is uh, this is an idea I've seen this a is lot. The, like, like, they should actually do this. So... I mean, we already have Detective Detective Pikachu, which has, you know, some Pokemon characters. And we have Sonic coming out, so you have two Smash Brothers characters. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you just take, let's just take, like, And six. we got the Super Mario Brothers movie coming out from Illumination. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but that's kind of CGI, so. 
which who cares? I, I, I <laughs> care. Um, so I think if you just take like the main popular characters, like the Pokemon characters, like let's put Zelda in there. Like go make a Zelda movie and like some Mario movies and like all the other like main characters, um, and do like what the Avengers did, where like you put each character in their own solo movie, and then like just go and build up to the Super Smash Brothers, where they have where it's like Freddy versus Jason, where they just go at it. Yeah, or there's like a big looming threat like taboo or no, uh, no, no, not some space emissary. No, are you sure? No, you want to have him as the Thanos? <laughs> taboo is Thanos or uh, Galim? I would or have it Master be like Hand or whoever. Yeah, I would have like fights throughout the entire movie where like characters just fight each other and then and the end is a free for all where they just a free. Yeah, it's just a movie full of fights. Yes. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> an that's an idea. That would be entertaining. Yes, that would be entertaining. Yes. Uh, I feel like that would please a lot of fans. So yeah, I think you know genuinely, I think that'd do really well. And I, yeah. unironically, I would love to see it. And I know there have been certain actors and actresses who have shown interest in being part of Nintendo properties. Uh, Brie Larson, in particular, oh, really? is a big Metroid fan Ooh. and wants to play Samus. Uh, yeah, a Metroid movie would actually. Be she's cool. quite literally the perfect person to play Samus. Yes. <laughs> so, I would say Nintendo go ahead and do that and yeah. you know if, if Nintendo's if Nintendo were to make their own Super Smash Brothers cinematic universe uh, a fe- there'd be a female led movie uh, within you know the first five yeah. instead of you know like the last 20 what are we on what is Black Widow mm-hmm. Black Widow is the 25th thank you Mason yeah no <laughs> it's the 24th thank yeah. you Mason yeah. 24th Oh, like, I guess Captain Marvel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just like the 21st? 22nd? Yeah, 21st. 21st. Mm. Yeah. I can't believe I remembered that. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine, though. It's yeah. fine, though. All right, Catherine. All right. Pitch this, me your video game movie. This kind of ties into the Super Smash Brothers thing because it actually involves a character who is in Super Smash Brothers. It is a Persona 5 loose movie adaptation. Okay. Because, like, I feel like Persona 5 would be the best game to, like, adapt out of the Persona series because, like, the whole Phantom Thieves idea, you could kind of, like, go in a whole lot of different directions with that. Like, you don't have to, like, stick with, like, the main cast of the game. You could just kind of move it, like, somewhere else and have, like, different Phantom Thieves. Yeah. Yeah. So basically what I would do with it is, like, kind of, like, take the general idea of, like, the of, like, the first dungeon, like, like you have the evil, you have the evil like dodgeball teacher, <laughs> evil dodgeball teacher, <laughs> and like you have these teenagers who stumble across the metaverse and like they and they meet Morgana and they have like they have to like stop stop like the corruption of their like high school professor thingy. Yeah, yeah. I honestly let's. It's not terrible. I I think Persona Five would work really well as a one shot, a uh, one off sort of thing. Because yeah. you could you could just have a random story within even even using the characters from the game. You could just have a random story where they do a thing. Yeah, it, it can be considered canon because everything is canon yes. in Persona. Nothing. The is dancing not canon. games are canon. <laughs> the only thing that's not canon is Persona Four: The Animation. Yes. Uh, <laughs> thank God. Am I right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. Um. Oh man, I guess I should give my pitch. Uh, I, I can't just have you two suffer. What I think, what I think would be excellent. Give us League of Legends. <laughs> Wait, what? Death. League of Legends. <laughs> Gun to my head. Yes. Ka- Catherine pulls out a Glock live on camera. <laughs> what do you get when you crop? <laughs> 
So League of Legends. There, League of Legends is another world like Warcraft, where mm. there's a lot of things you can do with it. And there are a lot of individual regions and stories you can tell in a League of Legends movie. Like, you don't even have to make it. And you could still make it like an interconnected universe. They could have their own, like, a whole series of movies. Because the characters, the champions in League, do interact with each other outside of the game. Because the game is non-canon after they redid the lore. Uh, the original lore was a train wreck, let me tell you. As somebody who's played the game for ten years. Uh, <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. Real gamer hours. <laughs> Boomer time. Uh there's a lot of stories you could tell and they're already doing that with arcane which is their anime sort of thing that they're doing <clears throat> Ooh, excuse me where they're going to piltover and zon they're telling a story using that those cities and those characters they could tell a very good story about demacia uh using uh the established demacian characters or perhaps a new character going through the conflict between demacia and magic or demacia and noxus either of those conflicts uh, bring Silas in because he's our favorite uh, communist uh, gay lord yes, man. Yes, we stand. <laughs> he he is he is everyone's favorite gay communist. Yes, who uh, wants to distribute uh, power to all the people and not just the hot, the nobles and Demacia. He is. He is best character. God yes. bless him. And he's shirtless at all times. He just refuses to wear a shirt. We stand. <laughs> God bless him. Uh, there's a lot of stuff you could do with League, and I think that there are a lot of ways you can adapt it where you don't need to tell, like, the whole world of Runeterra, because that's a lot. Similar to Warcraft, that's a lot. So if you just focus on a couple cities, very easily you can tell that story. And I think that Riot is skilled enough where they can get the right people to do that movie, and it would not be terrible. But I'm also a sucker, because, again, play the game for 10 years. You know, uh, yeah, I'm, I will consume any League of Legends at this point. I, I literally can't stop myself. Uh, so, any final thoughts about video game movies or Sonic from either of you? Um, pretty much stop trying to do direct adaptations of, like, a billion-hour games and, like, don't, like, fudge things up. Just, like... Be smart about adapting stuff, Hollywood. That's ridiculous. Hollywood has yeah. no good ideas. Yeah. All right, Mason. Any final thoughts? Um, just follow the comic book route and make the movies good. <laughs> make good movies. Yes. I, I know this is hard. This is a concept that many of you don't understand. Make a good movie. Yes. Just, <laughs> just make something that the Kino Files will eat up. Yeah. I mean, Kino Files love anything superheroes and not involving women. So yes. you know. <laughs> Video games are great for that. Yeah. <laughs> Ripping peas. Oh, man. Oh, I'm, I'm going to get some comments about that one. Uh, please do. Leave comments. I appreciate it. Uh, so, I think that'll wrap up this episode of Input 2. If you like this episode, feel free to check out our other podcast on ByteBSU.com. Uh, you can check it under the podcast tab. We have a number of different shows you can check out. They're all wonderful. I highly recommend checking them all out. Or you can check out our SoundCloud. They're all there as well. Uh, presumably, you're listening to this on SoundCloud. If not, go to our SoundCloud page. You can find the rest of our podcast on there and stuff by the Daily News as well. They are lovely, lovely people. Uh, if you like our content here, you like the podcast, you want to read some stuff, we also got re- written content and videos as well on ByteBSU.com. Yeah. Follow us on social media. On Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Snapchat as well, at ByteBSU. That's all you need to follow us at. We're also on YouTube at ByteBSU. Uh, or I think it's BSU Byte. I don't know what our channel name is. Uh, but 
yeah, you can find our YouTube page on our on our website. Uh, we have a lot of cool video series we're doing, a lot of stuff we're developing this semester. There are a lot of great projects that I think, uh, if you're a fan of the show or you're a fan of what we do here, you will be excited to see. So follow us wherever you can, get those updates, and we'll keep you posted with everything else, including future episodes of Input 2. I have been your host, Tanner Kenny. With me today, I have had... Catherine Simone. Mason Kupiainen. And I want you to thank, thank you all for listening. 